Hi, Peter. Could you please tell us about yourself and how you first interacted with the program? My name is Peter Bossard. I'm the policy director of International Rivers Network based in California. We work together with groups around the world, including in China, uh, that uh, try to protect rivers and protect the ecosystems and communities which depend on rivers. Often that means uh, stopping large destructive dam projects. In the last 20 years, we've had quite some success in that the rate of large new dams or destructive projects has gone down and there has been a recognition that often there are better alternatives to these projects. But now in the last two or three years, we have faced a real big challenge. And the challenge is that China started to build very large projects, not only on its own rivers, like the Three Gorges Dam on the Yangtze, but also started financing many such projects in Africa and Asia and Latin America, projects which in some cases were so destructive that nobody else wanted to touch them. What do you mean by destructive? Um, let me maybe mention one example which I visited myself two years ago. It's the uh, Merowe Dam in Sudan on the Nile. It's the largest hydropower project which is currently being built in Africa. And it will displace more than 50,000 farmers from the fertile Nile Valley into desert locations. And so these people, they, you know, they have lived in the Nile Valley for many generations and they refuse to leave. And so now there is a lot of repression and we feel there is better ways of meeting a country's electricity need than simply sending people to the desert. People, for example, they, they demand they be resettled on the shores, on the banks of the new reservoir. But the government simply says, well, we have decided and that's where you go. And we feel such a project should not go forward. And so we try to support the affected communities. But we also try to create awareness that Chinese companies, Chinese financiers, that they really share a responsibility for the impacts of their project. Do you think the Chinese dam projects so far are successful? Functionally, have they helped the local people with their electricity solution? This new generation of dam project is very new. And I don't think any of these projects have been completed so far. I'm confident that they will deliver, that they will generate electricity. But the question is, who will benefit from this electricity? Is it actually for the population? Is it also for the poor people? Or is it mainly for export-oriented mines, and aluminum smelters and other large-scale projects. And secondly, the question is, who's paying the price for them? And so we're not opposed to them projects per se, but we believe that um, we have to stand up and governments have to be 
careful in considering who's paying the price and who's getting the benefits for these projects. And we see that Chinese government is starting to do this within China. Many projects have been stopped, but we wish they would be more conscious of these problems also in Africa and other parts of the world. You mean China haven't really paid that much attention in Africa? Yes, in Africa so far it has not really happened. The project in Sudan, which I mentioned, for example, has no real environmental impact assessment. There is a very brief and superficial study, but it was never shared with the government's environmental ministry. And so the project even violates Sudanese law. And very clearly the rights of the affected communities are not protected, are not being safeguarded. And so we feel that's not a good development project. And uh, maybe there would be ways to build the same project in a much better way. Uh, but right now we don't see this happening. So how do you plan to work on this? One thing is to talk directly with the companies and financial institutions which are involved. And we will bring a partner, an activist from Sudan to China, and we hope to arrange meetings with the responsible parties so that uh, this activist, Ali, can directly report about what's going on what's happening to the affected uh, people. Other ways include getting the media more interested, getting academics, students, NGOs more interested about the impact that uh, China's going out strategy has on other parts of the world. I know that, for example, Chinese pharmaceutical companies, they are producing very cheap and reliable malaria drugs. And that's a very good thing because Western companies don't offer that. But there are also risks. And I think the Chinese government should think about whether it's always the people who benefit from this cooperation or in some cases it's simply a small elite, maybe a corrupt government which is benefiting and in some cases I think it is mainly a small sometimes corrupt group of people that's benefiting and the poor people might actually turn against China and that would be a pity. The recent African summit and Hu Jintao's visit to Africa, what is the impact actually coming from this? I think it's a political illustration of what's going on at the economic level. I mean, trade between Africa and China is skyrocketing. Investment is booming. More and more Chinese people are moving to Africa as construction workers or as small traders or as managers of a state-owned enterprise. I think the summits are the kind of most visible element in a cooperation that has intensified on every level. Maybe the president and the prime minister who have visited more African countries than any other uh, heads of state in the last one or two years, maybe they are also aware that in some African countries there is now discontent. 
about China's role among the poor people. And we want to show that China is a friend of African people. They want to preempt such discontent. But I think China, in some parts, like the projects that I mentioned, will also have to reconsider and change its actions. You mentioned the most、uh, Chinese company are actually state companies. There are discussion about corruption issues and also labor rights in the African projects. Do you see any examples of problems? Corruption is, of course, a big problem in many countries. Be it in rich countries like the U.S., where you can buy a politician, unfortunately, be it in poor countries around the world. We saw one example where other donor governments put pressure on Angola to become more transparent in how it's using its oil revenues, and there have been. Estimates that within a few years, the small ruling elite of Angola diverted oil revenues of more than four billion dollars into their own pockets. So obviously, the poor people in Angola are not benefiting from this resource as they should. And just when the Angolan government was about to open up their books and become more transparent. The Chinese government offered big loans to Angola without any conditions, and so the government said goodbye to the other donors, took the Chinese money, and continued with its closed and corrupt ways. And the Chinese government says, "Well, corruption is not our business. We don't want to interfere with the sovereignty of other nations." But I believe this argument is false. It's a matter of Chinese sovereignty, under which conditions it wants to give money to another government. That's really a matter of China's choice. And China, for example, expects that African partner governments and all other partner governments don't recognize Taiwan. So the One China principle is a condition of China's aid, and that's China's right. But in the same way, China could also demand that a government should not abuse the aid that it gets and、uh, just fill private pockets with it. And so, I believe、uh, China has signed on to the、uh, UN's anti-corruption convention, and it should pay more attention to the impacts which its、uh, aid and its economic. Cooperation has on the corruption in the partner countries. What do you think? The local African people are they welcoming the projects, or what their feelings? Many African people are not happy about the role which the West has played in Africa in the last fifty years or so. First as a colonizer, and then often exploiting,、uh, still exploiting、uh, their countries. Or simply forgetting about them, and so I think the first reaction is that many African people will look to the Chinese as friends or as potential friends, and they will welcome their presence and certainly their support. But it's difficult to generalize, and there are certainly different reactions. 
if you think you will benefit from Chinese infrastructure because maybe you will get electricity that you didn't have before, then you'll be happy and with good reasons. If you get displaced for a project without getting fair compensation, then obviously you won't be happy. So I think China should recognize and pursue the opportunities, but it should also be aware of the risks. And I think China wants to have a long-term presence in Africa. It should follow a strategy which ensures the stability and the sustainability of the countries it works with and not just look for short-term gain not just work with governments that suppress any criticism or any any protests against abuses. You've been listening to the CDT Chinacast. I'm Wu Nan and thanks for listening.